spooky duo. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, so spooky. It is Anna. And Alyssa. <laughs> I like how you're just like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Alyssa. And Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Northern Frights. This is making my throat hurt, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say my nerd just for a little bit. Plus, my double chin is like. <laughs> making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> to the end of March. I know. The 31st. Time flies when you're having fun, you guys. <laughs> I just think when you get older, in my advanced time, age. Mm-hmm, time just flies real it really fast. It really does. It's kind of true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like once you get past like, let's say like 26, everything just goes downhill mm-hmm. real I, fast. I think our <clears throat> mutual friend here at work Mm-hmm. Would agree. I feel like she said that before. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and she's approximately that age. Yep. You stand up, your knees crack, everything cracks. Oh. You get really tired. Like, I've started going to bed at like 9 o'clock now. <laughs> yeah, my target time is 9, 9.30. Yeah. Sleep around 10. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta take my my Z-Quil or whatever it is by like 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So that I'm hopefully asleep by like 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock at the latest. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the chiropractor, as I've told many a time, mm-hmm. because my body is just Rice Krispies in a meat sack. <laughs> meat sack. <laughs> that need to be adjusted every now and then. Rice Krispies in a meat sack. That's, that's all we are. Rice Krispies <laughs> in a meat sack. Awesome. <laughs> Can you oh. imagine if this was like the first episode oh, yeah. that you listened to? Like, what the hate is people? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, too, I'm going to add one thing to that mm-hmm. is the thought, too, of getting out of bed. Like, oh. you already know, like, your feet are going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you're tired because you still just want to sleep. Mm-hmm. And even when you get enough sleep, you're still tired. Yeah. And it's then, constant. yeah. And, and think about it we don't have children. Yeah. Oh I can't imagine God. people with children. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm as tired as I am. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I could ever have children simply because of the fact that I would just be completely short with them at all times. <laughs> now, looking back, you're like, my mom was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Even on her worst days. Wow. She didn't, she you was know. such a nice person. Meanwhile, I would be like, what? <laughs> what? Like, even like when Birdie is like meowing at me. I'm just like, can I help you? <laughs> attitude. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> are you taking an attitude with me? What do you want? Shut up. And she's just like, meow, meow, meow. I love you. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> it's funny because my dogs have been barking a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Or as I call it, the house alarm going off. Yep. And even with just noise like that, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, I have to like be like. I'm not a violent person at all. I don't like yeah. anything like that. But yeah. even though with just barking constantly, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, I want to yell. Like I could snap at any second. 
<laughs> like you have to think about it. Like it's not that actually a big deal. Like right, yeah. They're just little babes, and they heard a noise. They just <laughs> they were just concerned, and they wanted to let you know that they were also concerned. Over. Over and, and over, and over and over. And over. <laughs> well, I also like I feel bad because like like working from home. Yeah. Sometimes it's like my mom will usually like kind of like hang out in her room or do something. Yeah. But every now and then she becomes super chatty. Super <laughs> <laughs> chatty. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and so then I just sit there and she's like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Humans are talking to me. <laughs> what do I do? Like, I can't handle it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the subject matter is probably interesting enough, but oh, you're just like, I can't handle interaction. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't want to be talking to people anymore. Why can't I go live in the woods by myself? I was going to say, it goes to your point of feral. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't even handle it anymore. <laughs> the feral beast inside of me comes out and it's just like, why is she talking to me? <laughs> May I, um... Make a guess. Mm -hmm. You're going like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No mouth open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Interesting. Oh. Uh Wow. That's so funny. (laughs) Okay, this is kind of funny. Like, I was, we got an email from one of our people that we work with today. Mm -hmm. And you know how, like, Gmail has, like, um, what is the word for it? Where, like, it'll give you options to, like, respond to an email. Oh, yeah. Auto-response or yeah, something like that. something like that. Whatever. And so, like, it was, like, whatever she would had said in the email, and the, res- like, options were, like, wow, interesting, <laughs> cool. And I was, like, that's what I sound like 90% of the time having a conversation. You're, like, in my head I would have said, cool. Yeah. <laughs> they were here. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> what if I just, like, hit every single one of those things and just responded? <laughs> I really like those, but now I'm, like, is it too noticeable? Like I don't think people noticed it at first, but now if I'm always just like, "Thanks, great." Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank just you. Like, I'm just hitting that button. Putting zero effort into yeah. it. So I'm like, okay, I gotta make a response. Like I'm too tired to respond. I'm just gonna go with what Gmail tells me. Okay, thanks. Wow. <laughs> If my if if an email comes from me and it that offers says, that, uh-huh. please respond. Okay. At least to me and go, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'll be like, yes. She got to use it. She finally got it. Oh god. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Hey, I have some a note. You're gonna tell a, a creepy story. Okay. I'm gonna tell the creepy story after I I'm gonna do the little PSA oh, PSA here. Okay. Because I feel like this happened to me twice recently. Okay. And it's... So I would just like to ask men, please don't stand behind a woman when there's nobody else around. What the heck? I'm creeped out already. This is not even the creepy story. That's not? Okay. So I was at Target last Wednesday, and I'm in the card aisle because I'm trying to find a birthday card for my cousin's kids. Okay. Each one, not just like one card for each child. Yeah. Or you know what I mean. And so I'm like looking at the cards, and there's kids' cards on like one side, and I think like women's cards on the other. Okay. Because, you know, women and children here, and then the men over here, whatever. Yeah. And then 
this guy comes into the aisle and like the target is set up so it's like here's a card aisle then there's just like random space with like random stuff here mm -hmm. so there's not a whole lot of people around yeah this guy just comes in the aisle he's looking at the cards on that end okay and i can tell he's a little off yeah like he's probably like maybe like mentally challenged or something okay so i'm kind of like okay you know whatever like he's looking for cards like the next thing I know, he's behind me, mm -hmm. and he's looking at the cards. So we're back to back. Okay. Yep. And he's looking at cards there, and I step back like a centimeter, and our backs touch. Yeah. He's standing that close to me. Yeah. In this aisle, mm -hmm. and I am like immediately, my spidey senses go off, and I'm just like alert, alert, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. And so he like looks at me, and I look at him, and I'm just like. I will literally fight you, like, in my head. <laughs> like, looked at him, like, I can, I'll fight that. you. Yeah, yeah, like, I will fight you. <laughs> and so he finally, like, kind of, like, backs up and moves away and then, like, leaves the aisle. Okay. And in my head, I'm just like, like, I know he's probably a perfectly normal person who probably just is not aware of spatial yeah. awareness for other people. Yeah. But I'm in the mind frame of, like, fight a person and then apologize later for yeah. the case. You're definitely fight. Fight. Flight later. Yeah. <laughs> and then apologize. And then apologize. So that was that first one. Okay. Then I think Sunday I'm at Cub. I'm in the frozen good aisle. Okay. Looking at yep. whatever. There's another guy, like a guy comes in the aisle. He's looking at something. Same thing. Pretty soon he's like right behind me. Yeah. And I'm like, I can see him in the reflection <laughs> of the frozen things. Yeah. He's still just, like, there with his cart. But, like, immediately I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want a random dude just standing behind me that I yeah. can't see. I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then I just, like, left that aisle. Yeah. So, men, <laughs> if you are in a situation, even if you're, you don't have any sort of desire to talk to this woman or be near this woman... Do not stand directly behind them. Yeah. Especially on uh, all by themselves. All by themselves, yes. Yeah. Especially in that situation. Yeah. Because if that happens to me again, I will probably fight a man. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you 100%. Because I, for some, some reason, I'm very cautious of my surroundings. Yeah. Like, always aware. Well, or try to be. Yeah. And I don't like people behind me either. Because no. I'm like, I don't know what you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like as women, we are basically trained... By society that we are prey and to accept the fact that we are prey <laughs> yeah that's kind of it if you like men if you don't understand it that's what women are taught yeah so if you're in a situation where all of a sudden you don't know what this man is doing or why he's near you you don't know him you're immediately like alert alert, alert danger yeah. danger yeah so that's my PSA for today <laughs> don't stand behind <laughs> don't stand behind woman you don't know in a space where they're by themselves. Yes. So, I like it. There. Yeah, if I was all by myself, too, I'd be like, mm. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, why is he here? Is like, is he going to touch me? What is going on? Yeah. So. And then to bump into the one, I'd oh, be like, oh, my God. Like, literally, like, just like a centimeter scooch back. He's like, right there. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. So, creepy story. Creepy story. So, I had got this app. Oh, I was on TikTok. TikTok. And this girl was like, I, you know, this is my experience with this app, Ghost Tube. Okay. And I, she was like telling me about her, talking about her experiences. 
And I was like, I must have this. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded the app, and basically what it is, it's like a ghost hunting app for your phone. Yeah. So it'll have uh, kind of like a spirit box okay. type thing, so it can catch up on, like, catch words from, like, random oh, yeah. things. Yeah. It has an EMF reader to it, which I was skeptical at first, but I'll explain more. Mm-hmm. And then it has, like, a recording. Like, you can record video and stuff on there, and it'll re- keep it for you. Okay. So I download the app. And when you download it, it's like, take your phone by a magnet so you can check the EMF, like, natural, natural, the, like... Orientation or picking it up Yeah, like, for your phone. Like, it has, like, a natural magnetic... Sensor? Brain. Yeah, sensor. My brain is like, words, you don't need them. <laughs> a dictionary, who needs it? <laughs> um... So I, I'm like, I don't have a magnet. And then I'm like, wait, for refrigerator magnet. Yep, so I take my, yeah, so I take my phone over to like my refrigerator. I take a magnet, put it up to my phone. At first it's like not really testing it. Then I get to like the top of my phone. By the um, camera area? Yeah, by the camera area. And it starts like going off. It's like beep, 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 beep. So I'm like, okay, like that's cool. Seems to work. Or Seems to up. work. Yeah, so I, let me pull it up here. Oh, you're going to show me something? Yeah. Oh, great. So, oh, I pick it up, and, like, if I put it near, like, just, like, an electrical area, you see if it'll pick anything up. You hear that? Yep. So, that's picking up the um, electrical outlet down here. Okay. Oh, my mask. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I take it over to, like, a light switch, and so it's going playing off. around. Yeah, I'm, like, playing around. It. Yeah. So, it picks up on, like, the light switch, and then I brought it over to, like, my dad's urn. Mm-hmm. But nothing happened, which I'd rather have that not happen. Like, <laughs> nothing happened there. So, but that's fine. Well, then I have to go down to our basement to go get some stuff out of our dryer. Yes. So, I'm like, I'm going to take it with me because I'm an idiot. So, and I had one of my AirPods in. Okay. My ear. So, I go downstairs. And you know how, like, our house is set up? Mm-hmm. So, there, our dryer is set up in our basement towards, like, where my mom's room is. Okay. And then the stairs are on, like, the opposite side. Yep. Kitty corner to each other. So I go over to the dryer. I put my phone on the dryer. And it's kind of, like, doing that, like, bloop, bloop. Yeah, which makes sense to me. Yeah, right? Like, I'm like, okay, it's just picking up on, like, the magnetic field of the dryer. Start taking stuff out of the dryer. And then all of a sudden, the spirit box goes, why did you come here? No. And it was, like, in my ear, too, no! so I'm, like, whoop, whoop, you know, and I grab as much stuff from the dryer, <laughs> grab my phone, and I bolted it to the stairs and up. Like, Usain Bolt could not have caught me that yeah. day, because yeah. I was just, like, pew, pew. <laughs> and it, like, as I'm, like, running to, it goes, Juan. And I'm like, Juan, who's Juan? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Juan, in so, your ear, too. In my ear, too. creepy. Yeah, so it's just like, why did you come here? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, to do laundry. I don't know what you <laughs> thought I was doing. Like, I gotta go. Bye. Oh God. <laughs> I, like, left all the lights on and stuff downstairs. The dryer door was still open. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm like, I still have to go back down there. <laughs> Just switch laundry around, oh, too. So, I'm like, mm, okay. So, I, like, book it down there, and I'm just like, no, don't you dare. <laughs> like, karate chopping the air. Just like, don't talk to me. 
<laughs> no! <laughs> so I, like, finished the laundry, and I, like, I'm like, goodbye, and, like, ran back upstairs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, did this record it? No, okay. I don't think it did. I, like, looked on the thing to see if it, like, kept any okay. sounds. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> then, like, the next day, I had to go get the sheets out of the dryer. Oh, good. And so my mom, like, I had told my mom about it. She's like, you should bring your phone back down there. And I'm like, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> okay. So I bring You're it like, down. You're like, very nice from your safe little place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I see how it is. <laughs> Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Wow. Your only child. That's fine. <laughs> so I bring my phone back down there. I put it on the dryer. Same thing. It's like, boop, boop, And then as I'm putting the sheets into the dryer, it goes, cat. Which is where, like, our cat boss yep. is, too. Yep. So I'm just, like, so I was, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, ah! And I, like, <laughs> off back upstairs, too. And what they were saying is you act like a cat. Well, either that or they're, like, you. <laughs> You're out. Just, like, your cats will just Fast race out. Cat. <laughs> cat. Cat. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, but, yeah, so I went back upstairs turned off the lights and stuff this time as I left so I didn't have to return. <laughs> Good. And then I just like left my phone out with the app on. Yeah. And I think at one point it said married. Which I was like, interesting. Okay. And then it said prison. Oh no. And I was like my mom was yeah, that was the same reaction my mom had too. She was just like, uh oh. <laughs> and then I turned off the app. But Yeah, you're yeah. like, this is enough info. Yeah. So what did Juan do when he got married to a cat and then went to prison? <laughs> what I'm, I'm suspecting. Uh, Juan, what an interesting life you've led. <laughs> well, it is kind of interesting is I did match with a guy named Juan on Tinder. Oh. But we never talked to each other, so. Okay. And Ghost is like, you should have talked to Juan <laughs> instead. He likes cats. <laughs> By the way, I was married and I went to prison. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, if you ever feel brave enough, one day, oh, we should have creepy movie day sometime. Mm-hmm. We'll do it together on. and be scared as heck. Yeah. We're definitely going to bring it <laughs> yeah. to, like, one of the buildings on oh, around God, here. Check it out. Chapel? Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, super loud. Why did you come here? <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> Good question! <laughs> and then later they'll be like, you are a cat. <laughs> That's really good. Ghost tube. Ghost tube, yeah. From the TikTok. From the tube, yep. You just get it on the app store. Cool. Right. Did you have to pay for it? No. It does have, like, in-app purchases where it's, like, if you want to record more time, I think, you have to, like, download, like, pay for it. But Which would make sense if yeah. you wanted to do that. Yeah. If it reco- recorded all the sounds it picked up, that'd be dope. That would be really cool. Yeah. One. One. <laughs> Cat. I like it. That's good that it's free. Mm-hmm. I'll have to maybe try it. Yeah. Should I turn it on while we're yeah, sitting here? Yeah, have it on while we're in, a, in our meeting and okay. see. In our meeting here? Is the voice on? Farther. Okay. Is that it? That was it. Further? Farther. You want us to talk more? <laughs> oh, God. Go away. <laughs> do want, oh, do you have your case notes on there, though? No. Okay. I, I, have a, I have a different... What? There's, oh, it's probably picking up on your phone. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you for the creeps. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, basements in general are just the They're just the worst. Zone. Yeah. And attics, of course. Oh, I hate our attic. What, no, like, the worst part is, like, the door for the attic is in my room. Mm. So I'm always just kind of, like, and sometimes, and, like, when I'm over there, I think there's, like, the door moves a little bit, so it'll sound like something's, like, trying to get in, and I'm like, no, you have to stay in there. I'm gonna go to bed now. (laughs) I have an attic, too, and I've never went up there, but my cousin did, and he pulled some things down there from up there. It was, like, a, I think, I feel like it's maybe clothes. Did it say something? Blue. Blue? Blue. Oh, thank God I don't have a blue I'm shirt I'm blue, daba dee, daba die. I'm so glad I don't have a blue shirt on. I know. I was, I was like, thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> I have a blue what pen. are we wearing? Blue. <laughs> pen? Pen? Uh-oh. I don't know. Was it blue, the stuff that he brought down? I don't recall. Heart attack. <gasps> oh, my God. I can't do this, Anna. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What kind of story do you have today? So, I had a pretty rough end of my week last week mm-hmm. to this weekend here. Yeah. So, my brain has just not been in research mode. Sure. So, I have some spooky tales. Oh, I like it. Read off. Haunted Heartland. Haunted Heartland. <laughs> Haunted Heartland. True Ghost Stories from the Midwest by Beth Scott and Michael Norman. I like it. So I don't know if you want to go first. I sort of, I don't know. Mine's sort of sad and stuff like that. So I want you to go first. Yours be a pickup a little? Yeah. Keep us. Hopefully. At least it'll take our minds off the story. Oh, okay. (laughs) Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. All right. So my case, uh, I have the following sources. Lawncrime.com, KTSP.com, and LacrosseTribune.com. 
Wow. So I do want to just say that this has some domestic violence and mm -hmm. rape in it. Mm -hmm. So be warned. Okay. <laughs> okay. So court documents show that Dua Por Lao dated Bao Yang from August 2018 to July 19, mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. And when she broke up, um, I'm sorry, July 2019 when she broke up with him. In the next month, August of 2019, police were called out to a Woodbury hospital where Yang, and that's Bao, okay. um, reported that she had been sexually assaulted by Lao. Mm -hmm. okay. According to court documents, Lao had been harassing, I'm going to call her Bao, and okay. his last name of Lao, okay? Yep. So Lao had been harassing Bao following their breakup. Um, he had thrown items against her um, bedroom window, mm -hmm. pushed his way into her house, <clears throat> and forcibly had sex with her. Oh, jeez. Court documents show Bao later decided not to pursue a third-degree criminal sexual conduct charge mm -hmm. because, quote, Lao continued to harass her and she believed pursuing the case would make things worse for her, mm. which we hear a lot in yep. domestics. Yep. Then in February of 2021, Bao fil uh, filed a petition for an order of protection for her family saying Lao, quote, made numerous threats of sextortion and harm, unquote. Mm. She reported Lao sent nude pics of her to her ex-husband who is the father of her children. Mm. She said he continued to threaten her if she would not get back together with him. Mm. In that petition, Bao wrote, quote, I got scared of what he would do. He had expressed to me verbally and through text messages that he wouldn't stop and is not afraid of authorities, mm. unquote. According to court documents, Bao decided to reopen that domestic abuse case against Lao in late February of 2021. Mm -hmm. Police also opened a separate investigation in the sharing of the nude photos. The police log shows that Lau was arrested for suspicion of felony criminal sexual conduct and felony non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images. Mm -hmm. He was released on bond on March 1st. According to the calls <clears throat> for service from the St. Paul Police Department, Bao reported continued harassment in the month before an incident. On March 9, according to the police log, a 911 caller from Bao's address reported harassment and wanted a, to document that she received a phone call believing it came from someone she had an order of protection against. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> The police, or I'm sorry, the St. Paul Police complaint log shows officers were called out to Bao's home to investigate a total of 14 incident, incidents in the last eight months. Jeez. The 15th incident is described here. Neighbors heard gunshots <laughs> and saw relatives, quote, running out of Yang's house, that's Bao, mm -hmm. screaming and crying, unquote. The end result was Bao and Lao were both dead. Oh. It was a murder-suicide. Becky Smith, who's the communications director of Violence Free Minnesota, said, 
quote, we know over the decades of doing this work that it's not true that it's inevitable. We can make meaningful interventions. This doesn't have to happen, mm -hmm. unquote. Uh, Becky Smith said that Bow is the eighth Minnesotan to die due to domestic violence this year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> there were 29 domestic violence deaths in 2020 in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> A GoFundMe page established by Bow's oldest son, Bai, Ch Bai Chai Vang, who is 21, surpassed its goal of 15000 oh. And when I checked um, last, it was at 32000 Nice. Love Good. it. Vai Chai, who I think also goes by Chai, mm -hmm. said of his mom, quote, My mom was a very caring person. She's a single mother of two, raising my brother and I, while working two to three jobs and going to school to be an RN. She finally graduated and got her nursing or RN license. Mm -hmm. She was always smiling and always laughing. She was so full of life. All she ever wanted was to raise my little brother in the best life she could give him. I could see how much stress she carried every day, but still managed to provide for my brother and I. Unquote. Mm -hmm. uh, Chai's uh, brother, or I'm sorry, yeah, brother, mm -hmm. is 11. Mm -hmm. So he's 21 and he's 11. Poor kid. So sad. Yeah. All right. So this goes a little bit into do allow. So according to Minnesota's sex offender registry... Lau was a level three sex offender mm. who, quote, held a known female teenager against her will mm. and engaged in sexual contact. The contact included penetration. Oh. Lau had gained compliance through manipulation, physical force, and use of accomplices. Lau also provided the victim with alcohol prior to contact, unquote. <clears throat> the offense is listed as having occurred out of state <clears throat> and appears to have been committed in Wisconsin. The La Crosse uh, Tribune reported in 2002 that Lau was among several Minneapolis area men charged in Dane County for using the internet to lure a 14-year-old mm. to a area motel. Mm. According to that criminal complaint, the girl met Thong Lau in a Hmong chat room on the internet she slipped out of her house on a Friday afternoon and went to meet the three of them in Madison, where the men uh, were going to play in a soccer tournament mm -hmm. the next day. At the motel, the men allegedly gave her alcohol. Dua Lau, Thong Lau each had sex with the girl three times, mm -hmm. while Ken Vu touched her once. Mm -hmm. Thong Lau and mm -hmm. Vu denied to police that they had sex, uh, sexual contact with the girl, but Dualau allegedly admitted to having sex with her. Mm. The girl had pleaded with her mother in the week prior to go to this soccer tournament, but her mom had said no, and then after the girl had turned up missing, the mom drove to Verona, Wisconsin uh, on Saturday, and that's where she found her daughter, learned of the assaults, and reported it um, to a county... Uh, Dane County Sheriff's deputy who was at that tournament. Mm. According to online court records, Lau originally may, remained, quote, mute when <laughs> asked to enter a plea. He eventually pleaded no content contest to one of three sexual degree assault charges. Um, the other two ended up being dismissed. Mm. 
The records indicate that Lau was sentenced to prison three times in the matter, probably due to the result of bail violations or supervised release violations. Mm. The case took 11 years to wind through the courts. Mm. So I, how I understand it was obviously all this took place prior to him being with Val. And sure. um, who knows if she knew about these things, but it sort of gives a little insight into who Dua Lau was. Yeah. Um, once again, Becky Smith of Violence Free Minnesota wants victims to know um, that there is help available at bfmn.org, which is Violence Free Minnesota. And if you or someone you know is experiencing <coughs> intimate partner violence, the day one statewide crisis hotline is available 24 hours a day. Mm. And you can call 866 very sad. That's so sad. Yeah. I got inklings that a friend of ours um, may have worked with Bao, but I didn't oh, confirm that. Okay. Um, but they had said she was a very, very sweet lady. Mm-hmm. If if it's the same. It's the same person. That's so sad. Very and I was like, I want to give resources. Yeah, in case I was saying, something I'm glad happens. that you gave resources. Yes. Know very that fun. you're not alone and you can get yes. help. Hmm. Poor Al. Poor kids. What does your ghost have to say about that? <laughs> it, do you want me to ask it? Oh, God. <laughs> Should I turn it on? Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like I won't be as unsuspecting now that I can pay attention. Ooh, really picking up some EMF over here. What's again EMF? It's electromagnetic field. Okay. It's listening. Hello. Did you like my Here. story? <laughs> don't cool. Ask, don't answer. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look up what this story is about first, and then I will. A little synopsis? Yeah. Just make sure that I've got the right state. <clears throat> don't See? do Tennessee. <laughs> don't do Tennessee. <laughs> All right. Because they're ba- like the based on different states and then for sure okay well this one what's our book again it is haunted heartland oh yeah true ghost stories from the american midwest by beth scott and michael norman thank you yes so this one if you remember correctly i did a a piece on this place already okay an episode nice the haunting of hannah house yeah yeah that sounds familiar yeah Okay, so our ghost naturally, I'm going to read it from the verbatim. verbatim. Okay. So, just have some story time for you all. I like it. Okay. I picked like eight stories, but I'll try to keep it in the time frame here. So let me know when it should be like... about 15 minutes okay. or so. All right, let's see if I can read fast. Okay. Are ghosts naturally attracted to empty houses where they are less likely to be disturbed in their nocturnal wanderings? Or do they prefer the company of living occupants? Do you prefer it, Ghost. <laughs> Anything to say? No? Okay. The ghostly reputation of the Hannah House, a stately red brick mansion in Indianapolis, was acquired after it had sat empty for several years in the 1960s. Yet within the past 20 years, unexplained eyewitness reports abound, telling of a mysterious man in a frock coat who wanders the hallways, of the sickening smell of decaying flesh, of crashing glassware that is never found, 
of pictures that fall off the walls for no apparent reason and of numbing cold spots. <clears throat> the house, built in 1858, is part of the legacy of Alexander M. Hanna, an Indiana state legislator, postmaster, sheriff... Don't leave. Don't leave. Okay. <laughs> we won't. We won't. Okay. Uh, and clerk of the circuit court. In pre-Civil War years, Hannah reportedly used the basement of a 24-room mansion to hide fleeing southern slaves on the mysterious Underground Railroad. Oh, yeah, that's what they wrote in quotes. Legend says that one night, a lantern tipped over in the basement, and the fire killed many of the slaves. They were buried in rude caskets in the basement. From all outward signs, Alexander and his wife, Elizabeth Jackson, whom he married in 1872, when he was 51 years old, mm-hmm. lived a peaceful life in the lovely Italianate, is that how you say it? Italianate? Sure. style home on Madison Avenue. While the couple may have had a stillborn child, they did not lead the sort of tragic lives that often beget unhappy specters. Alexander Hanna died in 1895, and four years later, Roman Ehler, O-E-H-L-E-R, mm-hmm. okay. a prosperous Indianapolis jeweler, bought the house. His daughter, Ramona, inherited the mansion upon her father's death. In 1962, with all the children gone, Mrs. Elder, Ramona, mm-hmm. moved out and left the, left the care of the place to her youngest son, David. The house then remained uh, empty for six years. David Elder was the first to suspect the vacant Hannah house was occupied. He was working there alone one bleak and rain-soaked day in 1967 when the sound of breaking glass resounded from the pa- basement. Had neighbor children broken into the house and overturned a basket of fruit jars? Elder investigated, but found nothing disturbed. Interestingly, the jars were stored in the area of the basement where the slaves had been buried more than a century before, mm. causing Elder to wonder whether they Cold. Were... Cold. Cold. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that mean, like, cold as in not nice, or temperature? Oh, maybe. Hmm, interesting. Okay. <clears throat> Causing Elder to wonder whether the restless spirits of those helpless, frightened runaway slaves were plaguing Hannah House. From time to time, the stench of death permeates from the house. The odor of rotting flesh seems to emanate from a second-floor bedroom, and the mm-hmm. smell is so strong that it has sent more than one visitor reeling from the house. Attempts to eradicate the smell with cleaning solutions, bleach, perfume, and other potions have failed. However, at other times, a scent of roses is emitted. Emitted. There we go. But of course, there are no flowers in the room, which is normally locked up and used for storage. Mm. In addition, the door, which opens from the odiferous room into the hallway, seemingly possesses a will of its own. It swings open even when the handle is securely locked. Wow. And once it opens, an increase in other unexplained activity in the house occurs. Strange noises, footsteps, cold drafts, (laughs) ghosts. Where there are no open windows, voices mumbling in shadowy passages, and additional doors opening and closing. Lynn Dorenwend, an Indianapolis psychic, told writers Richard Weiner and Nancy Osborne Ishmael, authors of More Haunted Houses, that she saw a pregnant woman in the haunted bedroom, one who had obviously one who was obviously in severe pain as a result of abdominal cramps apparently caused by the child she was carrying. The child was stillborn, darn, run, darn, run, 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 Lynn said. <laughs> the birth was forced because the woman's system had become poison, putrefactive from the child. Oh. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is no official record of any child having been born in the haunted bedroom. However, Lynn was in so insistent that a child had been born in that room that a later investigation of the Crown Hill Cemetery uncovered a third small tombstone next to the graves of Elizabeth and Alexander. No name was on the marker, only a single date. It may be the grave of an unknown Hannah infant. Okay. And there's more to this one, but I want to go to some of the other stories, so. Sounds good. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. So this is, I believe, still in Indiana. Okay. Uh, Del- it's called, this one's called The Vigil. Dolores Hart opened her eyes and tried to focus on the unfamiliar surroundings. What was this place? The bed was very large, much bigger than the one at home. The sheets were pulled tight, a light blanket drawn over the top. She couldn't move very well. Both of her legs and an arm, it felt as if though they were being held down by rocks. Something was white around them. She couldn't move her head, and it hurt very much. The child's eyes shifted slowly from about the room, noticing the window with the curtain and shade closed, a door going somewhere in two simple chairs. Dolores knew this was not her home, but where was she then? She couldn't remember exactly what had happened, only that she had been in the car, and her grandpa and great-grandpa, well, with her grandpa and great-grandpa, sorry. But it was something bad, she sensed that much. Dolores then saw the nice-looking lady who was standing at the foot of her bed. The little girl tried to speak, but the woman raised her hand to her lips. There was something peculiar about her, Dolores thought. She looked a lot like the one of the pretty ladies out of one of her stories. Peter. What? Peter? I thought she said hater. <laughs> hater. Okay. Peter. Peter. Okay. I kind of. She hate... named Peter. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> a kind of haze shimmered around her, and she didn't move. But she was. She had such a nice smile that Dolores wasn't a bit afraid. She felt very warm and comfortable in the nice lady's presence. Dolores drifted in and out of consciousness over the next several days. Men and women in white coats often came into the room, she, but apparently they didn't see the nice lady who never moved or spoke. Okay. Dolores tried to ask the man who looked into her eyes and throat where her mama and papa were, but somehow she couldn't make the right sounds, so Dolores was trying to talk to the guy. Yeah. Okay. Herbert and Rose Hart, Dolores's parents, were not allowed into their daughter's room for the first few days after the accident. Her condition was too critical. Dolores was not expected to live. On, the, on that earlier 1932 afternoon, another automobile had swerved across the center line into the path of her grandpa's car. Now her grandfather was lying close to death in another Terre Haute hospital room. Her great-grandfather, who had been killed instantly. Dolores nearly had her scalp sliced off by flying glass. Ouch. She sustained several additional serious injuries. Miraculously, Dolores' heart had recovered. The doctors actually termed her recovery as a miracle. Her parents were thankful that their prayers had been answered, yet the young child didn't understand or recall everything that had happened, only that the kind lady was also was always there in her room. The other people who suddenly entered her room always walked around the lady. That was silly, Dolores thought. Why didn't they say hello? Mm-hmm. Couldn't they see her? The small woman with jet black hair, deep brown eyes, and light complexion never touched Dolores. Later, after Dolores had told her parents about the nice lady, hospital doctors and nurses stated emphatically that no one 
of that description worked at the Terre Haute Hospital, nor had been allowed into the girl's room. Mm-hmm. Who then was a the visitor who kept vigil over Dolores? Following Dolores' release from the hospital, her father became obsessed with discovering the identity of the woman in the hospital. He later found some old photographs tucked away in a trunk and showed them to Dolores. Dolores' eyes shone. That was the nice lady, she said. It was she who had been in her with her in the hospital. That was impossible, her father replied. It simply couldn't be. Yes, the child insisted. That was a woman who, who made me want to live. Mm-hmm. Dolores' father could only shake his head in disbelief. The photograph was one of his mother, Belle Hart, mm-hmm. who had been dead for 20 years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And she never knew her. Never knew her. Grandpa just said hi. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought there was like a... I thought I got a text message from a certain somebody, but it was not. That's okay. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Want to at least one more? Yeah. Let me go to the last one here. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that one. Hold on. What was that lady's name? Bell Hart? Bell Hart. Okay, so this one's from Minnesota. Hmm. Also ties to another story that I've had, talked about. Excellent. Okay. I always hate saying this word because supposedly if you say it, it like brings them to you. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me think of what it is. I know okay. what it is. I know what it is. Okay. I know what it is. Crap. It's like one of our first episodes. Yeah. It was the first episode we ever did. Starts with a W. Yeah. I know it's right there. I can't think of it. I'm just going to say the Winnebago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And just use your mind to think of what that yes. could be. Yes, yes. Of the north. Of the north. Okay. okay so. Let me get my mouth wet here. Today, the legend of the Winnebago is unknown to most residents of northern... It's unknown to most residents of northern Minnesota. Yet, for untold numbers of years, people believe the awesome being, with a star on its, on its forehead, mm. stalked the villages of Roseau County. Mm-hmm. Of those who saw it, some felt terror... Others dread, for the Winnebago mm. always foreshadowed death. In the early 1900s, people still respected the legend. It was the first day of spring in 1904, a day when anything might happen. That's what Jesse Nelson told his little sister Edna as they hopscotched over the patches of snow in the old logging road near Roseau. The Jack in the Pulpit might be up in the maple grove where they grew thick and close. What is a Jack in the Pulpit? Is it a plant? Flower? We need to know. Jack in the pulpit? Yeah. Hey, ghost, what's a jack in the pulpit? Yeah, it's a plant of some kind. Okay. Okay. Um, Perennial plant hmm. growing from a corm. Not what? corn. Corm. Corm? Corm. Okay. Obviously. Cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Interesting. The catbird might be building its nest again in the shrubs behind the schoolhouse. And Miss Anderson just might dismiss school early. Thinking of these delights, Jessie did not see the being until Edna screamed. (sighs) Ahead of them, in the middle of the road, stood a giant. He wore dazzling white. A large bright star shimmered in the middle of his forehead, and he cast a long shadow. Jessie fell back, reaching for his sister's hand. It's, it's the ghost, he stammered, his eyes widening. The... Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's what the Chippewa called it. 
It's not what they call it. There's a different word. Yes, it's a different word. It's a different word. The children scrambled into the woods and never stopped running until they reached the school. Just like me. <laughs> yes. <Anna was laughs> out. Bye. Cat. Cat. <laughs> Edna told everyone what had happened. She and her brother were the envy of the school children, or the young children. Uh-huh. Not everyone has met a real ghost. Mm-hmm. But the other children were feel- fearful. They knew that the Winnebago meant someone in the community would soon die. Mm-hmm. Three days later, a young brave in, a near, in the nearby Indian village of Ross dropped dead. Oh. He had never even been ill. Oh. A month later, Jesse and Edna Nelson saw the ghost again. This time on their way home from school, it appeared in the same place on the road. Again, a sudden death followed. Wow. The children's father, Jake discussed the incident with Sam McKinnick, his next-door neighbor, an Amandan Indian. The two families visited back and forth regularly. Sam McKinnick enjoyed the company of white men and handled their stock and chores when they were ill or away from home. McKinnick recalled that six years earlier, in 1898, the Winnebago had also appeared twice within a short time. In both instances, unexpected deaths followed. The Indians said the ghost had been seen for so had been seen for so long that his people had no tales of its first visit. Mm, sure. One day, Mrs. McKinnick, el- McKinnick's elderly mother, who lived with them, became ill. On the third day, she rose from her bed and, with the help of her granddaughter Anna, managed to reach the yard. Anna had placed an easy chair in the shade of the apple tree, and the old woman eased herself into it. Her eyes were heavy; her cheeks flushed. Jake Nelson's mother, his sister Kate, and Mrs. Warner were gathered in the yard, and the sick woman, too weak to talk, raised a hand in greeting. Anna, who adored her grandmother and never tired of hearing the legends of the her people, sat on the grass at, the, at her grandmother's feet. Suddenly the sky darkened and a cool breeze chilled the air. Anna stood up and scanned the horizon. With outstretched arm, she pointed south across the fields. Grandma dies soon, she said quietly. See Winnebago. The guests fell silent and looked in the direction that the girl, the girl pointed. Striding across the prairie was a tall being, dressed all in white. It skirted a grove of trees on the ridge and vanished. Mrs. McKinnick's mother died the following morning. The next year, Jake Nelson hired McKinnick to help him with a hanging. The two men worked side by side through the long, hot days, and when they finished, McKinnick jumped on his pony and rode up to Canada to join his family's hunting party. The next day, he killed a moose, and his wife built a fire to dry the meat on a stifling, hot, airless day. Becoming overheated, she felt, fa- she felt faint, even when she moved away from the fire. Her skin felt dry, her lips parched. She recalled from her previous visit that a spring was not far away and set off on the trail. Oh, like a spring for, like, water. Yep. My brain was like, a spring was not far away. <laughs> what? At the spring, she felt she knelt in the damp soil and splashed the icy water over her face, cupped her hands beneath the flow, and drank greedily. It was pleasantly cool, and she lay down on the mossy carpet beneath a canopy of tree. Can, canopy of tree leaves. I'm so sorry. I can read. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> she may have fallen asleep, but when she got up to return to camp, she felt chilled. The next day, the family packed up and returned home, camping for the time on the banks of the Rosa River above the village of Ross. <coughs> On the third afternoon following their return, Jake Nelson was alone in the yard of the McKinnick's house. 
McKinnick had been called indoors to tend to his ill wife. Nelson happened to be looking south when he saw the dreaded figure, mm. striding along the edge of the swamp. It appeared to be 15 feet tall and clothed in white. Sacrifice. What? Sacrifice. Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, it's not even how it's spelled. It's sacrifice. She said sacrifice? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> We're not sacrificing anybody. Okay, great. Nelson shivered in the hot sun. Alexis. <laughs> what? Alexis? Or a Lexus or Alexis? Alexis is like the name. Okay. If any of our listeners are named Alexis, uh, you might be a sacrifice. Peter? <laughs> or Peter? Oh, mm-hmm. fun. Okay. Okay. Nelson shivered in the hot sun, and as he watched, the ghost turned toward the west. It stumbled several times, but each time recovered and ran on for about a quarter of a mile. Finally, it disappeared behind a grove of trees. In the morning, Mrs. McKinnick died. Nelson couldn't explain what he saw, but he never doubted the reality of his experience. Whatever it may have been, it was not a hallucination or a superstitious fears in the dark, for I saw it in broad daylight. Some say the Winnebago still roams the farms in the prairies of northern Minnesota. It's these same folks who steer clear of his path, lest the death of a loved one follow quickly on the heels of an encounter with the dreaded. Winnebago. There they go. <laughs> so there we go. I didn't re- I don't recall that they're fifteen feet tall. They're really tall. Oh, I remember yeah. that they were really tall, really thin. Okay. And then when they so what like they're like a snake, they like get really thin and then they oh, eat. Oh yeah. Is this the same as a hide behind? They're two separate things. Okay. But they seem very similar to okay. me. Okay. All right. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, so there's some spooky stories. There's lots of them. It's a really big book if you want to get it. Um, I'm sure Barnes and Noble Books is what it says right here. Ooh. So but you can get it from Barnes and Noble. I got it from Half Price. Very good. So, yeah. Good find. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you. For creeping me out a lot You're today. welcome. Anything, any last words from you, Ghosty Posty? Ghosty Post Malone? <laughs> no. No? Not yet? All right, that's fine. Maybe right. later. Well, if you've used a similar product like a ghost tube. Oh. Oh. What's going on? Oh. No, it's just like a... God dang, what? Why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> what did you say? I was saying. <laughs> Are you here now? Uh-huh. Just kidding. Um, If you have similar ghost tools that you've yeah. used and had some funky experiences <laughs> is it emfs or emfs any sort of like voice recordings you've got feel free to email them up email them to us mm-hmm. at northernfrights19 at gmail.com mm-hmm. make sure to follow us or comment on our group um on instagram sure. and that is uh northern frights pod and as always please um, right? Sorry, I'm like, can't you really do? <laughs> that was throwing like, me out. Uh, <laughs> rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Please give us a review so yeah. that more people can find us and listen to our ramblings. I love it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Have a good Bye. week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.